Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome. This is the Digital Marketing Revolution Podcast, Episode 6, and I'm your host, Ivan Tamilkov. I'm extremely ecstatic to bring you guys a very well-known, reputable, established uh, guru or specialist or strategist. Um, I'm not sure exactly what kind of title he necessarily labels himself as, but Naresh Visa, who is a podcasting uh, mastermind, someone that uh, I actually got a chance to meet last week during the third annual UMSL State of the Digital Media Marketing Conference here in St. Louis, Missouri. And Naresh actually gave a very intuitive, very robust, and very knowledgeable, a powerful source of a session regarding podcasting. And I wanted to have him on the show so he can share some input and and thoughts with you guys on what are some of the things that you need to be considering in terms of podcasting. Why should you explore podcasting and how podcasting can be beneficial in your digital marketing endeavors. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in into the interview with Naresh Visa, and I'll see you guys on the backside. All right, everyone, I'm excited to introduce to you Naresh Visa. Naresh, how are you? I'm doing great, Ivan. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background? Sure. So I I run uh, two different companies. One is a small business. One is a startup. The small business is a full service marketing company. We uh, handle marketing projects. Well, companies outsource marketing projects to us. Um, we've had firms. I've, I've had clients before who, who've cut their entire marketing departments and just decided to, decided to outsource all their marketing to us. I have other clients who have specific marketing needs, marketing or publishing or editorial needs, and they'll outsource it to us. So that company is called Krish Media and Marketing. The website is krishmediamarketing.com. And then I also have a startup called Moneyball Economics. My background is in uh, media marketing and publishing. Moneyball Economics is a financial publisher. We publish investment research that is based on heavy statistical analysis. So essentially what we do is provide recommendations on individual companies. We're able to forecast company earnings before the earnings come out. And we're also able to forecast uh, economic data before the data is released by the government. So uh, those are the two primary areas that I that I work in, my small business, which is more service oriented, and my startup, which is a publisher, and we sell that research to the public. Okay, so you basically have absolutely no free time. You're around the clock 24-7 uh, doing <laughs> a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I work... I work on my own schedule. I work from home. I live in Tampa, Florida. Um, so I, yeah, it's pretty busy. I'm also the author of a, a book that which came out about six months ago called Podcastonomics. And it's still on the Amazon bestseller list. 
it's being called as one of the, the top podcasting books ever written. So that came out about six months ago, and I'm working on my next book, which is going to be out later this year. It's going to be a, a full overview and how-to of the current state of digital marketing and how uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners and, and marketers can utilize the current digital environment to their advantage so they can sell more products. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, the typical entrepreneur, you've got a million things going on, right? Trying to do a little <laughs> bit of this, a little bit of that. We know that yeah. story sounds all too familiar. Well, tell us a little bit, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, what drew you into podcasting. You know, I know that's, that's your strong area kind of, and that was something that we met originally and we chatted about. So can you tell us a little bit about what drew you into podcasting in the beginning? Sure. So I started out my career on the media side. I was a reporter, print, radio, television reporter, anchor, producer, editor, kind of did the whole thing. Now, this was pre-financial crisis. The financial crisis hit in 2008. And it wasn't just the banks that were hit in the financial crisis. Large media companies were also hit, the big players. And the little players either went under or they got bought out by the big players. So what I was reporting and working in the media space, I realized that I couldn't make a living uh, or it was going to be very difficult to to have a, a career in the, the, the old school media format. So um, I, I did some some research. I did some looking around and I, I noticed that more and more content was was being consumed online and digitally. So this, this was still kind of pre smartphone. Right, smartphones. right, right. They were out during this time, but um, not everyone had them. They weren't as ubiquitous as they are today. So anyway, I noticed that the trend was people were going more towards the, the internet and it was going to be important to become a publisher of content online and in the digital world. That that was my first foray into podcasting because uh, I worked in terrestrial radio, so it was an AM radio station. And one of the one of the questions we had consistently from listeners was, hey, I didn't get to catch your show yesterday. Is there a way I can listen to a taped version online? And the radio station, they, they weren't, they weren't uh, reposting their, their segments online, which are essentially podcasts. So that, that really told me, hey, you know, people want to listen to content. They want to read content whenever they want. And, and that ended up spelling the death of AM, FM radio, the death of newspapers, of traditional magazines. So uh, that's when I first heard about podcasting. And then I got into the space as a business person many, not many years later, but uh, about four or five years later, um, I, I essentially made a career change, worked as a financial analyst, went to business school, um, I was at a bulge bracket, bulge bracket bank in New York City as a financial analyst. I was working at a value fund as an equity research analyst. And, and then after I went to business school, that's when I was recruited by a company who found me online because they liked my background in media and in finance. And they said, sure. uh, we were trying to launch a media division for our company and we're looking for someone who knows media and someone who knows finance. And the reason why they wanted someone who knew finance is because this was an investment an investment publisher, a very large investment publisher. So they said, you have a nice background, you have good experience, we think you can you can do this. And I went back to them and I said, 
uh, you know, are you looking for terrestrial? All my experience had been in, in terrestrial radio up until that point, well, most of my experience. And I said, are you looking to get syndicated or what are you trying to do? And they said, no, we want to start a podcast network. And I told them, I, I don't know anything about podcasting. I, you know, I don't think I'm the right guy for this job. And they had interviewed hundreds of candidates and looked at all sorts of people. And they said, you have the background to, to make this a success. Right. So I took their word for it. I started out as a consultant uh, on a interim basis. And six months later, the, the podcasting network was making money. And, and then a, and so I, I took over full time. And then a year after that, it was generating uh, six figures in profits. And then two years after that, uh, seven figures in profits. And that, that network has since gone on to become the, the Choose Yourself Network, which James Altucher, he's, he's an entrepreneur, he sure. kind of runs. Sure. So anyway, that was my first foray into podcasting. I kind of learned the nitty gritty. I, I, I learned the ropes. I talked to many experts in the space and came up with my own solutions, my own uh, revenue drivers and strategy and plans to, to make that profitable. Since then, I've worked with numerous podcasts around the world and helped them with their production, their, their strategies, their processes to make things more efficient um, and, and to make their podcasts a reality. So I've had probably now more than 25 to 30 different podcast clients over the past three years or so. Uh, actually, four years. We're, we're coming up okay. on four years. Okay. And uh, and podcasting now, finally, 2015, has entered its true golden age of, of mass adoption. It, well, when I got started, it was still very, very young. People weren't really sure about what it was. But now it's it's doing great. And right, it, right. it's only going to get bigger. I, I, one of the things that, that you mentioned earlier that I think really piqued my interest, too, is, is when you talked about on-demand and the growth of on-demand. Um, also, you know, consumers, you know, thriving on the whole aspect of instant replay and how traditional media and terrestrial radio, you know, were kind of behind the eight ball. And it took them several years to really, you know, realize that listeners wanted to have that accessibility to content and content consumption to where if they were unable to listen to that content in real time, that they'd be able to listen to it on like a podcast, you know, on something that's on demand, that's there, that's on their own time. So, you know, that was really interesting. And that must have been Wow, so many years ago, right? At least five, seven years ago, I would say. You talked about the economic downturn. So that was, what, 2007, 2008? Is that correct? Right. Yep, that's when it was. Right, so, right. yeah, we're talking eight eight years ago. Okay. And, and okay. yeah, you're right. The greatness with podcasting is that you are able to listen to it whenever you want. You don't have to set aside that certain time every week, you know, nine o'clock on Sundays, eight o'clock on Mondays. You don't have to set aside that time. You can listen to podcasts when you're driving to work, coming back from work while you're cooking. I listen to podcasts when I'm working out, um, doing some exercise. Sometimes when I'm just bumming around and have nothing to do, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast. That's a greatness of, of podcasting because, um, it, you can listen to it wherever you want, whenever you want. With Bluetooth technology, it's, it, it makes it a lot easier to, to, to listen. And um, 
And so it's stealing market share from terrestrial radio as a result. Terrestrial radio is right, stealing. right. You know, that's one of the biggest things too is that you talked about is stealing the market share. <laughs> I think hence why you know terrestrial radio and traditional media are having to become more innovative uh, with, with podcasting and really trying to adapt as quickly as possible so they can hopefully and hope you know regain some of that market share. So let's move on to you know a couple of other things that I want to chat with you about is you know are there any specific tips that you'd give to a novice podcaster and you know i'm i'm the ideal candidate uh in that question sure so i think one of the most important things that not just podcasters but even let's say bloggers small business entrepreneurs the most important thing that you have to think about before you get started is why am i podcasting number one and number two, what is podcasting going to do for me? So I say, why am I podcasting? Because some people just want to get in front of a microphone and talk. And just uh, they want an outlet to voice their opinions and to be heard. That's fine. But you need to know why you're doing it. And so if you're going to undertake podcasting as a business endeavor, uh, hoping that you're going to make money, you have to have a plan. You absolutely have to have a plan. And a lot of a lot of kind of coaches out there, these motivational coaches, they say, "Oh, you can get started, and then you can figure out, you know, how you're going to make money or or what you're going to do." But with podcasting, it's a little different because podcasting can be a daunting task. It, it there is there is it's not a daunting task, but it can be, and that's why so many podcasters quit podcasting within three months of starting. There's a lot that goes into podcasting. So for example, you have to have the necessary equipment, the the right software. Um, it's not hard to get, but uh, a lot of people just can't even get that far. And then if you want to produce a good show, you need to bring on guests and putting down guests, tracking them, contacting them. That takes time. And then after that, you need to edit the, the shows. You need sure. to edit the ums and the ahs and the bad segments and any technical difficulties. And then after that, you have to uh, write up show notes. So you need to post the podcast on your website, which means you have to create a website and then you have to post it on iTunes. And this sounds, it sounds like it's a lot of work, but in reality, um, you could do this for yourself and spend a few hours a week, or you can even outsource it to a podcast production company Mm -hmm. that I uh, highly, they're probably, the only podcast, full service podcast production company out there. But anyway, you can do all this for a very low cost and you have to understand, okay, I'm doing all this. I'm spending this money and I'm spending a lot of time. What am I going to get in return? That's the most important thing. And I work with businesses Mm -hmm. and that's why I tell the business, we need to have a strategy on how to collect leads, how to bring in listeners, how to convert those leads into into buying paying subscribers or paying cut or paying customers um, and so I walk my clients through that process so that they are getting the maximum return for their podcasting efforts right right so, so one of the things that you mentioned is this you know having a purpose for podcasting right is is this determining from the get-go you know why am I gonna do this right and then also considering all the time and investment that you're going to put into it because it can be very time consuming. I know you just mentioned that, you know, between the, the editing and the upload, you know, and the publication, all of that. And then, you know, getting that implemented into your website. I mean, it becomes a very, very time consuming initiative, right? 
Oh yeah, it, it, it can become time consuming and I don't recommend someone do it all on their own. Uh, fork out a, a few hundred bucks a month and get get a professional podcasting company to do it for you. That's much better than going out and paying someone more money who, who doesn't know much about podcasting. Let's face it, not a lot of people know about podcasting. I've spoken with tech experts, with web experts, technology guys, and it, it's still very, very young. And uh, that's why you got to go with, with, with podcasting experts. You'll be saving a lot of time and money if you if you consult with them or have them execute your processes. And, and then when it comes to, to actually having that purpose, um, really most of the time the purpose is at the end of the day, I want to sell a book or I want to sell a product or my services. And you need to keep that in mind. You need to have a very structured, organized process and how you're going to end up selling your product to your listeners without coming out, without coming off as too promotional or too salesy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for the rest of the show, we're going to assume a surname for you. We're going to call you the trendsetter from this point on, <laughs> considering <laughs> that, you know, podcasting is, is, is in such a novice stage, you know, and it's yet to mature from what it sounds like. Uh, I know you mentioned a couple of things that, you know, 2015 and 2016 are going to be, you know, the years for podcasting and seeing podcasting really take off. Um, the next question that I want to move into is, you know, let's talk a little bit more about specifics. And are there any specific tools or resources that you'd recommend for serious podcasting? Yes. So a couple of things. First off, you need proper equipment. And uh, let me, the the easiest way to to tell you what you need is uh, by me, I guess, plugging my book, Podcastnomics. And you can get that on Amazon, Podcastnomics. The reason why I bring up the book is, is not in a promotional sense but because the book actually walks podcasters through step-by-step how they can go about podcasting, what they need, how much it costs to get, you know, an editing software or a microphone from Amazon. Uh, it, it, It walks people through that entire process and it gives a full overview of everything that you need, all the resources you need to get started. So I guess the master resource would be the book Podcastnomics is available on Amazon. Its website is podcastnomics.com. Now, the the other thing I would recommend, if people uh, are interested in getting started podcasting, if they're ready and they want to know how they can go about editing or or getting someone to edit for them, do the show notes, the website, all that stuff, uh, contact me. My website is krishmediamarketing.com, www.krishmediamarketing.com. You can contact me through the site or I'll just give you my email address. It's naresh at nareshvisa.com, N-A-R-E-S-H at N-A-R-E-S-H-V-I-S-S-A.com. Contact me and I will I will get you in touch with the head of the top podcasting, podcast production company in the world. Um, they do a phenomenal job, have managed numerous number one rated iTunes podcasts and uh, they can they can just make your life way way easier awesome appreciate so. appreciate that and I'll I'll make sure to plug in that email address and the website also that you mentioned for all the listeners so they can gain access to that I think that's going to be extremely helpful for them so let's move into something a little bit more edgy here uh, I'm actually uh, slightly eager about asking this is so what are the top three benefits of podcasting 
And what about the top three challenges? So, you know, when you're starting out with podcasting, as you know, as you mentioned earlier on, as you know, having a purpose for it. So how would you break down the top three benefits of podcasting if there's such thing and the top three challenges that one would face, you know, in getting a podcast off the ground? Yeah, so the let's start with the benefits. The the benefits to podcasting are really marketing oriented. So they they help with number one, the marketing of your company selling of its products or services because they establish the podcaster as an expert, as a go-to source for information. The number two reason why you should podcast is because of branding. Just like you see an author who's published on, on Amazon, uh, they, they have an elevated status. They are a, a thought leader and an authority figure. Podcasting is the same way. If you say that you're the host of the XYZ podcast on iTunes and TuneIn and Stitcher and Player.fm hosted by Google, then people will automatically uh, consider you as a thought leader, as an expert in whatever niche that you're podcasting on. Those are the top two benefits of podcasting. Um, and then if we go to the, the kind of challenges that people face when podcasting, the, the number one challenge podcasters face is how do I get up and running? I want to do a podcast, but I don't know how to do it. I, I just have no idea where to start. And that was the genesis of the book, Podcastnomics. It was to help people get up and running. Now, the number two challenge that podcasters face is once they are up and running, they're doing their shows, then they're saying, I'm putting in all this time and I'm not making any money. Like, I don't know how to make money. That was the second reason why I wrote the book. It was to come up with a strategy and really a recipe on how you can go about monetizing your podcast so that you can get something in return for, for, for all your investment. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah, I, I know you asked for three, but, but I think two will, should, should be able to do. Yeah. I think it's really important, you know, for, especially for beginners, you know, to understand, you know, the pros and cons ultimately of podcasting, because I think, you know, like with anything else, right, in digital marketing specifically, is just that you're looking at the pros and cons, right? You're drawing that T-chart and you've got the pros on the left and the cons on the right. And, you know, you're trying to determine, you know, how am I going to monetize this, right? Where's the value or as some people would call it, the ROI will come from, right? So I think this was a great question. I appreciate you sharing the insight on that is... So let's move into the next, the next question here is, you know, are there any specific platforms besides iTunes that you recommend for a podcast publication? Definitely. So everyone needs to be on iTunes. All you do is submit your RSS feed. Now, before I get into the other platforms, uh, to create your RSS feed, you can use a free service called uh, FeedBurner provided by Google. But I recommend that you go with a hosting provider to host your podcast. What that means is uh, you're going to be in a database, so you'll have storage, and the, the hosting provider is called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. Now, Libsyn, the benefit with Libsyn over a, a free service like Google or um, or other other hosting competitors like Blueberry and a few others, Libsyn tracks your statistics through iTunes. So it's able to tell you, it's able to give you data on how many list downloads and listens you're getting, 
where people are listening from. So it will break down your listens by country. And, and that way you can make uh, important marketing decisions based on the data that Libsyn is giving you. And that's why I highly recommend Libsyn. Now, with that being said, Libsyn creates an RSS, which you can then submit to iTunes and get distributed through iTunes. There are other platforms or other distribution networks like iTunes that have very large markets. And, and just to name a few, one is called SoundCloud, one is called Player.fm, which is, I believe, uh, host or created by Google. So that has a very large platform. There's one called TuneIn, which is very, very strong in Europe. In Europe, There's one called Stitcher, which is starting to become more popular here in the United States. So it's, all you have to do is submit your show, your podcast, and its RSS and its description to, to these various distribution networks. And what you're going to be doing is opening the door for a podcast to reach as many markets as possible. So those are just a few distribution networks on top of iTunes that you should be on. But iTunes is the granddaddy of them all. iTunes is owned by Apple. There are now more than close to a billion Apple users around the world who either have iPhones or iPads or uh, Mac computers. Apple is, like I said, the granddaddy. So you need sure. to be on iTunes. All those people have access to the podcast app. They have access to iTunes. And so um, if, if, if there's one reason why you should podcast for, for business purposes, it's because of iTunes and the, the world that you're going to be exposed to through iTunes. Sure, sure. I, and I, you mentioned a billion people. And that's, that's what a quarter of the population, I believe, nearly. And then, you know, one of the things I think I, re, I, can, I recall is just that, you know, so iTunes and, and podcasts, is, those also have some search value there, correct? In, in terms of specifically with Google, right? Yes, absolutely. So if you were to type in, let's say, uh, Ivan, I type in your name onto Google, there's a very good chat. I don't know how long your podcast has been around, but um, assuming it's been around for a while, very good chance that your podcast is going to be showing up on the first page. The iTunes page is going to be showing up on the first page. So there is a search engine optimization value in being on iTunes. And then uh, the other thing is iTunes is becoming its own search engine. And so what that means is Let's say, for example, I'm a PhD student in neuroscience. Instead of going to Google and typing in neuroscience, which will give you, come back with millions of search results, I can now go to a smaller, more niche-oriented search engine in iTunes and type in neuroscience. And what will come back are podcasts that have to do with neuroscience. And, and the results are going to be much smaller. There might be two or three podcasts that have the keywords neuroscience in them. Sure. So what that does is um, it gives consumers much more targeted information instead of broad information, which they're used to getting on the mainstream news and media. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's definitely helpful because I think, and this kind of segues into the, the next question is, you know, what suggestions would you offer on monetization of podcasting? And I know you kind of, mentioned that earlier, but I wanted to reserve this question because I think it's probably one of the most interesting ones and probably the one that most people are going to be wondering is, you know, again, what suggestions would you offer on monetization of podcasting? 
there are three revenue drivers for podcasts. The first revenue driver that I'm going to mention, which is what most people think about off the top of their head because of the way media has worked for, for centuries, the, the first driver is advertising. And this is the one that I least recommend. Advertising has changed. It's transformed so much because of the internet and because of the ability for firms to be able to track where their spend is going and what their return is on that spend. Previously, it was harder for terms to track that, but now because of technology, you're able to tap, you're able to track every banner ad, how many clicks, how many bounces, you're able to track everything. And so you can quantify how effective an ad is. Now, uh, advertising, because of, of, of that influence, it's now much more difficult for advertisers to stay as an advertiser over the long haul. This is largely because if they're not getting the ROI, if they're not meeting their ROI, then they're going to pull their, their plug. So more and more advertisers now today are running test campaigns. They'll test an ad and see how it performs. And then that will be the end of their campaign most of the time. Or they'll, they'll test something. If it, even if it does meet their ROI, they'll say, you know what, this, we've tapped into this, this campaign, into this uh, advertising channel. So we're done for the year. We already got everything we wanted out of this channel. We'll come back next year in two years. Sure. And so as a result, it's uh, the traditional media companies are losing a lot of money. Local TV stations, terrestrial radio, their ad revenue is, is just plummeting. Now you apply that concept to podcasting. And if you're a podcaster and you expect to make millions of dollars through advertising, you're going to be sadly, sadly disappointed. I can guarantee you. So, but anyway, with that being said, there are, you can still make money off advertising. It's just not going to be that much money. My recommendation with advertising is uh, once you have your niche, you come out with your podcast, you build your following, contact the big companies in your niche and let them know about your podcast and its demographics and its hits and, and seek advertisers that way. Okay. The so other thing, yeah. One of the questions I actually had for you is, this, you know, as we're talking about monetization here and, and contacting some of the big media companies, obviously. So in essence, you're, you're indicating that I guess stats really and demographics are key ingredients, right? As you're kind of building your, your following and when you're looking to broaden your reach, if you would, uh, in terms of your podcast, this data really is everything, right? Yes. So unlike say CNN which covers everything finance politics geopolitics science health etc your podcast is going to be in a niche and you should only podcast if you're very niche you can't have a broad podcast because it's going to be very difficult to differentiate yourself from say CNN but now if we're talking about neuroscience if your podcast is about neuroscientific developments and technologies that's very niche and your audience is going to be only people who are PhDs in neuroscience, uh, students of neuroscience, people who are very qualified and are very interested in neuroscience. As a result, there's a much greater likelihood that uh, an advertiser would love to reach that demographic and that market over a CNN or even a Super Bowl or Fox News or whatever it might be, even a popular science because this is much more niche. So what you, what you should do is go to some uh, neuroscience technology companies, tech companies that, that deal with uh, neuroscientific research, 
and say, hey, this is a podcast that I have. Here are my downloads. Here are my listens. Here are my demographics. It's very educated people, PhDs, master's degree students, et cetera. And, you know, here are my rates for advertising. I'd be glad to run a campaign. There's a very good likelihood they're going to want to test and, um, and, and that test will probably succeed and then they'll, they'll, they'll be in it for the longer haul. So the key is find the big companies in your niche, reach out to them, introduce yourself. Now, the best way to do that is to actually interview that, that, that company on your show. So if you have a neuroscience show, talk to the big company, interview their CEO on your show, and that way they, they now know you, you know them, you build some rapport, and then you can go back and, and try to raise some advertising revenue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, those are definitely great, great tips, you know, to, to consider. I mean, like I said, I think the monetization aspect is probably one of the intricate elements that everybody wonders, especially beginners with podcasting, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to make this worthwhile. Right. I mean, you're investing all this time. It's a time consuming initiative. Um, so with that being said, you know, I want to move to the grand finale here. And this is uh, probably one of the other most interesting questions is, I know you you mentioned that you have a book out, Podcastnomics. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and what inspired you to write the book? Yeah, so I wrote the book because I kind of figured out a system on how podcasting can work. There's a lot of misinformation out there on podcasting. Oh, you know, nobody's listening. It's not worth doing. It's a waste of time and, you know, all this stuff. I want to dispel a lot of the myths that are out there and really explain why podcasting is a worthwhile initiative if you're in the proper niche. And, and so what I mean by being in the proper niche is you want to be in a, in a niche that hasn't really been tapped yet. There are a lot of political podcasts out there, a lot of financial podcasts out there. So those are niches that, that are pretty oversaturated now. But if you're in neuroscience, for example, where there are so few podcasts, that's an opportunity. And and I, I tie in the business side because if you are a for-profit business in, a pro, in the proper niche, then that is an opportunity for you to reach a, a new market, to build up an audience and to sell your products and services. That's a tremendous opportunity that I see in the business world. That's what inspired me to, to write the book because um, there really is no reason why a lot of these bigger companies and small businesses aren't podcasting. There, there really isn't any, they're, they're leaving money on the table. So I wanted to dispel a lot of the myths. I wanted to explain why podcasting is a worthwhile undertaking. I wanted to educate the world on how worthwhile and easy podcasting can be and also cheap. It, it, it's not, some people think you have to pay, you know, a Hollywood studio 20 grand a month to, to execute a podcast which is not the case at all. You can outsource the greatness with our, our world today is you can now outsource so many things for so cheap and, um, and put together a very high quality product. So, sure, sure. So do you think a, another, a question that I wanted to ask you too is this that, you know, since the podcasting is really, you know, on, on a growth here on an incline, do you think that, you know, maybe a couple of years from now that podcasting might enter mainstream? So we we touched on this a little. 2014 was actually the year podcasting went mainstream in the sense that there were there were a couple of shows. Uh, the most notable one was called Serial. It was a podcast put together by the the by uh, This American Life, well known media company uh, associated with NPR. 
they put together a fully produced kind of magazine style podcast, investigative uh, podcast, similar to what you will hear investigative pieces on terrestrial radio or even on like say 60 minutes um, that ended up going viral. It's now the most listened to podcast of all time. And it went mainstream. It was the first time many people had heard or listened to a podcast. So 2014 is when podcasting went mainstream. Mm-hmm. 2015 is going to be when uh, when podcasting is is adopted on a mass level. And 2016 is going to be kind of, and this is, of course, all opinion, but 2016 is going to be when podcasting becomes somewhat ubiquitous, more and more friends. Instead of friends saying, hey, did you catch Game of Thrones last night? It's going to be, hey, did you catch this podcast, which was released yesterday? Right. Uh, that's, that's my prediction. Uh, and that sounds like a rapid rise. But in reality, podcasting, there's a book in, I mean, there's a chapter in my book about the history of podcasting. Podcasting has been around for more than 10 years. So, so to say it's taken 10 years, more than 10 years for it to go uh, mainstream and to be massively adopted, that's actually quite a while. But really, the pickup has been over the past two years. Podcasting has really, really taken off. And, and this is, this is the future. Now, now to answer your question, are there going to be more podcasters out there? Um, to give you a statistic, the ratio of bloggers to podcasters is 2000 to one. What does that mean? That means if Madison Square Garden was completely filled up during a New York Knicks game, the podcasters would be the players, the 10 guys playing on the court, and the bloggers would be everyone in the stands watching them. So there's still a tremendous opportunity right now to podcast because mm-hmm. there's so few people doing it. And because I, I still do believe, even though I wrote the book and I've kind of explained how easy podcasting can be, uh, people are still going to be intimidated by the work that's involved in putting together a podcast, just right. kind of all those different elements. And I think that's that's actually a very good gatekeeper to keep the, to keep the uh, kind of the quacks and the, 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 the scammers um, off right, of right. off of the the podcast sphere and to 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 bring in you know to high quality content and expert commentary. Sure, I I knew at some point you were going to drop that stat, and I I recall when, when we talked about it during the conference when you mentioned that, and I immediately started thinking, oh my god, you know, I mean, there's so many bloggers out there. I mean, is this you know the the death of the blogger in an essence, where the average blogger that's been blogging you know for the last you know five years. Uh, you know, the serious bloggers that, you know, are really making a living off of blogging, you know, are those, are those bloggers now going to be forced to um, adapt to a new trend simply because, you know, they need to be able to reach their audience through a different channel and not being, you know, podcasting ultimately. So I was wondering when you were going to drop that stat because, you know, that's, that, that's quite the stat there, you know, that goes to show how much untapped potential there is. Uh, for podcasting still and that was the reason you know for my question initially is just to see you know how podcasting has evolved you know over the last year and a half so um Naresh, really appreciate all the information that you shared on the podcast um i'll share all the details also in regards to the book and the website um also your email address as well should anyone have any questions and once again thank you so much for coming on the podcast really appreciate it it's been great, Ivan. Great conversation. I appreciate it. And I hope your listeners took away something. I 
great, great podcast. You're doing a, a very noble deed. And there you have it, guys. Uh, that was the interview with Naresh Visa from Crush Media, spitting out the knowledge on podcasting. Lots of great information. Make sure you check out the linkage and the resources, including in the description of this podcast episode to get in touch with Naresh and or being able to recap some of those resources. Hopefully you can use those to your own podcasting endeavors. With that being said, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you were able to absorb some takeaways from that and being able to apply to your own podcasting initiatives. And well, if you didn't, come back for the next episode. I promise it's going to be a doozy. And we'll be talking about the essentials of video marketing and why should you leverage video marketing to amplify the potential of your brand. This has been episode six of the Digital Marketing Revolution podcast. And I'm your host, Ivan Temelkoff. Until next time, peace out. (laughs) 